This is Carb Face for Radio. I have two airheads in my mouth. All right. New rolls. Go fuck yourself. New rolls. Just chewing. New rolls. Don't put two airheads in your mouth while you're podcasting. I just want to see how long you're going to go for. New rules. I will chew every molecule of these. Grilled cheese is the best sandwich. No. New rules. New rules. Okay. I think I think we're done. I think are we done? <laughs> With that? Yeah, please. Can we recreate the beach? Yeah. I'm so sad yes. that, yeah, yeah, yeah. that we don't get to use that. I know. I because I, I have you. made so much fun of other podcasts and podcast networks that have like ads that are literally on a telephone line. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like, what? It's fine. We Good. just need to, uh, if we had more time, I would have had you install Skype and we can record <laughs> that way. And there are ways yes. to record. So you know, next I, time. I have Skype. I should have done. I should have told you. <laughs> she told me you didn't have it. So I was going, Did oh. I? no, I was just like, Ugh. you're like, I don't have Skype. And I'm, I'm like, okay, there are other, I don't okay. think I said that sentence, but I might've indicated that I was like, just Maybe I don't have Skype in front of me right now. Broken down. Yeah, I didn't have Skype talk. on my phone. Okay. So <laughs> for your laptop, there's yep. stuff that the producer of Judge John Hodgman, mm-hmm. great podcast with John Hodgman mm. and Jesse Thorne of Maximum Fun, she told me how they do it. She's a, fa- she's a fan of this podcast. She said, we sound great every week. Thank you, Jennifer Marmer. Thanks. <laughs> You're very, very good person and i like your dog Lori. what did you do <laughs> she has Where should I 12 start? airheads in her mouth i have one all right what did i do what'd you do for the for the holiday for the holiday i did you go to a beach i did not i should have it was such a muggy disgusting day i was pretty much alone i had coffee with a friend yeah very early in the morning and then i bought some stuff at a bodega, a, a fruit stand in my neighborhood called Kim's Brother, which is a great name. <laughs> Who's Kim? Don't know. But this is his brother's store, so don't fucking ask. And Kim's Brother sells pretty much exclusively produce and a couple of like natty looking nut bars and shit, you know, that nobody ever buys and right. aloe vera and stuff. Right. But primarily it's fruit and vegetables, very cheap and good and I have always maintained that the ins- somebody yesterday was like, I think Kim's brother is a front for something else. I'm like, fine. well, they work really hard to maintain the illusion. And I'm fine with that. I will say that when I walk into Kim's brother, I am reminded what it feels like to have cocaine in your nostrils. <laughs> <laughs> so is there airborne they- cocaine in Kim's yeah. brother? Uh-huh. Yes. <laughs> Can you describe that feeling for those of us who, who don't know blow? Oh. <laughs> Unpleasant. Like, uh-huh. like, uh, like, it's like, you know how it feels when you have something in your nose that's not supposed to be there, which is pretty much everything. Sure. Nothing's supposed to be in sure. your nose. It's like that, but it's like very, it's a very mm-hmm. fine, mm-hmm. you know, it's irritating. Mm-hmm. Maybe your eyes are watering a little bit. There's a certain smell that I can't compare to anything except cocaine. <laughs> Quick, yep. quick side note. Yep. As you were talking, I was reminded that in junior high, mm-hmm. and, I, and I have a fairly large nose, thank you, mm. I would put sprees in my nose. What is that? Oh, spree the candy. Spree, spree the candy okay. spree, yeah. And just yeah. have the 
have the bottoms kind of hanging out the bottom like bottom quarter of the circle would hang out mm-hmm. so was uh, it a visual effect or were you actually like getting a tingle no it's a visual effect okay. hysterical i mean what's yeah. funnier than that at at 12 yeah yes at 12 putting sprays in your nose oh that's humor that is wow did you ever get it stuck in your nose no as it's a mom too big okay it's too big. as a mom <laughs> Would I have chosen this nose for my child? I would not. What? I don't know what you're talking about. You have a great nose. Okay. I... As a mom, I understand you're being very kind, and I appreciate it, and every person is beautiful. Great. The things that we don't have to like about ourselves, one of those, for me, is my nose. And as a mom, I have to say, well, that is. And what can we do with it? We could pretend it doesn't exist. We could... Uh, get a nose job. We don't have money for that. Uh, number three, we could uh, accentuate it and turn it into comedy. And that's where the sprees come in. And if you stop and think about it, mm-hmm. do you run away from the things that you dislike about yourselves or do you run toward them and fully embrace them? Away, and always fully away. Em- okay, fine. <laughs> but as a mom, <laughs> sometimes you see a spree. And you're sitting at a basketball game in mm-hmm. junior high. Mm-hmm. And you think, yeah, let's see. Mm-hmm. Let's see if it can get up there. Yep. You could get two up there. Wow. Two in each nostril. Four spree total. Do you eat them? God, no. I was just going to ask that's that. Where, that's where the humor ends. Oh, as a mom, okay. that's disgusting. Yep. Yeah, but as a 12-year-old boy, that's like Yeah, but lunch. but then you're like eating, eating your boogers. And that's, yeah, I don't know. I mean, there are limits. There, there are, are limits to humor. So you went to, to Kim's brother. I went to Kim's you, brother. I you got, got the cocaine in your nose. I got, yes, I got super high. And then uh-huh. I um, bought some mangoes. I bought some avocado. I bought some spinach and an onion. I went home and uh, sat on my couch for like 24 hours. <laughs> Did not interact with the produce at all. Um, <laughs> it stared at you. Yeah. You stared at it. Now, I, don't, I sat on my couch for a long time. Oppositional Doing various fruit. stuff, writing and talking to people and I, I don't know what I was doing looking at stuff uh and then I decided I needed to get out of the house and I went to a friend's house they were having a lovely cookout in Did their you backyard leave the fruit or take the fruit I left everything I, she said everybody bring a dish so I said I'm coming what can I bring and she said just bring yourself so I I, I brought a bottle of seltzer and I showed up. There was a ton of food. It was delicious sausages. There was a sausage that had orange zest in it. Great. I was warned. The host was like, that has orange zest in it. And I was like, I appreciate you looking out for me. I'm going to take the risk. And yeah, it I want was it. delicious. And it did not, the orange zest, it did not announce itself mm-hmm. in a way that can sometimes be unbearable. In the way that the host of the party did. Yeah. There are some things where you're like, orange zest, You, it is too much. You mm-hmm. need to back off. Mm-hmm. This, was, this is delicious. And then they screened a movie in the backyard. They have a... What was yard. it? Um, the movie was Midnight Run. I did not stay oh, for it. Oh, that's a good one. It is a good one. They had put together some old commercials and trailers, like old, old. Yeah. Um, there was one There was one from, I want to say, like the 1950s that was like, this cinema accepts shut-ins and invalids and oh. bring your shut-in or invalid friend to the movies and they will get in for free. Oh, I It was like so that. weird. It was like, get your, get, it was literally like, get your shut-in pass at the front desk. Can you imagine? <laughs> Being a shut-in, yeah, and get getting your shut-in pass. Your What's shut-in that process? Pass. I mean, somebody else has to get it for you. <laughs> I love. I mean, the term shut-in. I feel like is very does not is out of circulation. Yeah, we don't right? use it too much anymore. I remember my mother used. To, I I learned it from my mother because she would always make jokes about. Well, we could always just stay home and watch the mass for the shut-ins. 
Like if we didn't, if we, if the weather was too bad and we couldn't go to church, we were going to watch the mass for the shut-ins. Now, would it also have the sign language person in the corner? Yes. 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 In that the little was critical circle to my childhood. Yeah, with the uh, with the royal blue curtain behind. Uh huh. Always the royal blue curtain. Why is that? Uh, it shows yeah. up nice. It's, it's real. True. It's true. It feels it's like you're in heaven. Contrast against that yeah. milky white. Yeah, but also forearm. heaven and Jesus. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, I went to my friends. Uh, they they showed the movie. I left after the Looney Tunes cartoon. I decided it was nine o'clock. I didn't want to be out on July Fourth. I don't mm, know. No. I'm, I've become an, like I'm literally ninety years old. Yesterday <laughs> I ate. I took three pictures of it. I was gonna I was gonna taunt you with it, and then I decided to be nice. I took three pictures of my lunch, which or a snack really, which was cottage cheese cut up with mango, <laughs> and I was like. Soon I'll be 90 years old. <laughs> and I loved it. And that's all I want to eat. Like old people are fucking on to something with their mm-hmm. old people foods. Mm-hmm. I'm, they know. I'm ready. They know what's good. Lori, I thought, now you, you did spend some time down south recently. Yep. And did you get to the beach? No. I did not. Jesus Christ, can you just get me to the beach? I know. (laughs) I want to do the top five beach foods. I have tried to segue twice now. (laughs) I literally did not pick up on that. All right, I'll give you a better. I'm just being honest. I'll give you a better intro. Laurie, so many people went to the beach. I'm seeing a lot of beach pictures and pool pictures, but mostly beach pictures of people who spent their uh, winters working out and... Mm -hmm building muscle mass and now they're really enjoying the outdoors and good for them also go fuck yourself i'm having such a deja vu this is a hot button issue of yours people at at the beach i remember talking about this last summer (laughs) am i derailing the fuck out of you you're so mad right now you're so mad at me i remember having the same conversation with you about people and their fucking beach and their pools and their beach bodies and they all need to go fuck themselves but it was the anger in a rare instance of role reversal, the anger was coming from you and not me. Am I wrong about this? Am I totally off base here? Laura, you're not wrong about anything. You're okay. right about everything. Okay. Always. Did you go to the beach? God fucking no. Because you were laying tile <sighs> and pipe. I've never seen Chris so angry. And this includes like olives on mac and cheese. I was very accepting about that. Compared to how you feel right now. Compared to right now, I'm about ready to lose my shit. Listen, Lori took a fucking trip and we wanted to get an episode out. And so we talked about beach foods. And all I want to do, dear listener, is recreate that because we we recorded it on telephones because we couldn't get together. And then I edited the whole thing and then Lori listened to it and she said, oh, we can't do this to our listeners. So all I want right now is to get us back on track to answer the goddamn fucking question, have you been to the beach? So that you can say, yeah, I love the beach. 
I go to the beach all the time. And I go, oh, I don't take you as a beach person. And you go, oh, no, I love the beach. Since living in New York, you know, I did grow up away from the beach. I grew up north, upstate, New York. But since I, and I saw the beach once when I was a kid. But since moving to New York, I try to go to the beach all the time. And we have very lovely beaches. And then I pause and interrupt you and go, all right, all right, all right. You're not on the tourism board. And you go, oh, that's right. Okay, so yes, I love the beach. Short answer, yes, I love the beach. And I say, Lori, what are the top five foods that you take to the beach? And you say, uh, chips. Do you remember when this show wasn't a monologue? <laughs> I don't. <laughs> Can you remind me? I just listen. Okay. Want what do I like to, to eat on the go beach? To the beach. Did we talk last week about what you like to eat on the beach? Yeah, we did. I don't even remember. <laughs> Are you leaving? He's actually leaving. <laughs> uh, I do. I re- I remember nothing. I remember pretzels and soda, and that was number three. <laughs> that was number three. The number three. Uh, the third thing uh, you like to take to the beach. Let me give you your list. You okay. Ready? Yes. Yes. All right. We're. This is an episode where we recreate an episode that Lori canceled. That never happened. But okay. was edited. Yep. So I know all of the beats. Are you ready, listener? It's going to so be great mad. fun. So let me know how you feel here. <laughs> yes, okay. I think. I'm about to cry. Just kidding. No. <laughs> <laughs> okay, top five things Lori likes to take to the beach. Are you ready? Yep. Number one, Lay's yellow bag. <laughs> Plain, salted, thin. Yes. Do you still agree with that? Yes, totally. Great, totally. great. Number two. Salt and vinegar. Salt and vinegar. Blue bag. Thin. thin. Green. Not it's a, it's thi- a lime green bag. Well, Is at least it? it was. In my childhood, it was lime green. So they've taken lime green for limon flavor. Oh, okay. I believe it is a light blue, much like the sign language interpreter for the shut-in mass. Okay, sure. The blue curtain behind yeah, yeah, yeah. her. Okay. Right? So Things it's more of a light blue. It's forever imprinted on my mind as a three-gallon bag of potato chips that my mother kept in the dishwasher, which I'm sure I've mentioned on this <laughs> podcast before. You have not. No? But that is, that feels right because bugs yeah. can't get in there. It wasn't about bugs. Oh. Uh, we were, we didn't, that was not a problem. It was, we had a well, uh, we had well water. So yeah. water was always kind of at a premium. We rarely use the dishwasher. Like mm-hmm. I don't think ever remember my parents running the dishwasher because it was not water efficient. And so then snacks, they, for a while, because nobody ever opened it, my parents would hide snacks in there and then we got hip to it, but mm-hmm. we never stopped keeping things in the dishwasher, <laughs> like chips and cookies. That was a new revelation. <laughs> I am so glad we're down this path. Mm-hmm, now, mm-hmm. when I asked you last time about thick cut, are you doing a kettle? Or are you no. doing a thin? You were adamant. Yes. Adamant. Yep. Thin and thick is for winter. Thick is for winter and for dip. And oh, for dips. Yes. Now, Lori, tell me, what do you do if you see somebody with dip on the beach? Uh, I blow the lifeguard whistle around <laughs> my neck. I... <laughs> Then go try and knock over a lifeguard's chair because <laughs> I'm so angry. Um, <laughs> and then I steal a car and drive to <laughs> someone's home. <laughs> Is that an overreaction? I don't think so. No. I, just I think that's you. just right. <laughs> you didn't knock the dip out of their hand. You blew no. a whistle. <laughs> you 
you knocked over a lifeguard chair and then you stole someone's car and That's drove right. to somebody's That's house. That's right. I don't see what's so fucking funny about that. I don't see what's so goddamn funny. Fair, fair, fair. Number three, we've already covered it. Do you remember your number yep, three thing yep. to take to the beach? Yep. Little pretzel twists from a big bag uh, dipped into a paper cup of kind of warm cola. Which? Dipped, not floating, now, not disintegrating. <laughs> that. Last time and again this time, I took myself there. Here's what I picture. Dixie cup. A little bigger. Flower pattern. Diamonds. Flower. <laughs> you... Just throwing a pile of pretzels into that. And then they get mushy. And then you eat the ends off the mushy sticks. And then you drink the cola pretzel water in chunks uh, from the Dixie cup. And I, it made me very, very upset. And then you corrected me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you said, and then- no, no. It's just a quick dip. There's no mush. Mm-hmm. It's a bath for the pretzel. It's a little sweet to the salty. Yeah, I can I can accept that. I get it. I get it. We didn't have salty because we were swimming in a man-made lake that was frankly pretty fucking gross. But I didn't know that as a kid. It was only later I realized this is a giant fucking toilet and it's just sitting here. There's no flow. There's no stream. There's nothing. It's just, just an open defecation pit. God bless America. What does that have to do with pretzels? That's where I ate the pretzel. That's my, oh, that's my childhood memory, which I talked about. In your open sewage the, pit. Yeah. <laughs> I thought this place was the greatest. I still think it's the greatest. I would probably not swim there today. Number four. I one time saw a turd floating in the water. <laughs> that's the truth. That, it broke that place for me. I was like, I didn't know this was possible. What is... It broke everything I thought about humanity. I, decency. I feel like that turd in the lake right now. <laughs> Just floating. Just floating. I was like, what am I supposed to do? Run. Yeah, I guess I just got out of the water and never went back in. (laughs) (sighs) At least you had your pretzels and cola waiting for you. We're doing an RC cola. I think it was probably Sunny Square brand soda, which was the house brand of PNC. Number four. Mm, Oh, hard fried Cheetos. Yeah. Yep. That's right. And number five. Cheeseburger. It's a chip if you want it enough. <laughs> it's got a potato bun. Although I'm sure in my, in my again, I'm all I'm just thinking about is my childhood beach experience, which was on its, you know, sand around in just an open pit of humanity. A floating turd. That to me was the beach. Um, <laughs> it's, yeah. I, I do understand your love of the beach now. Yeah, the real given beach. Given your childhood. The real, the ocean is far superior, except it will kill you. I am, I, though, you know, the ocean will kill you. Which is why I don't like the beach. Although, yeah. yeah well, are you, are you a, not a strong swimmer? What does that have to do with anything? Well, the ocean will, will kill you less. The ocean is less likely to kill you the stronger swimmer you are. I, listen, this is where we transition to my take oh, on the beach. Oh, right, which <laughs> and is very bright. I don't like the beach. It has nothing to do with swimming. I know yep. I'm a terrible swimmer. Okay. I I think the beach is a prison. Yeah. I go there. I don't have anything to do. Mm-hmm. It's it's just a hot hellscape, mm-hmm. and then water that will kill me. Mm. Those are my two options. You could take the summer and learn how to read. 
That's one suggestion I would have for you. No, I do read. I do read. At the beach? Yeah. I'll take a Bon Appetit. I'll take a Sever. Okay. I'll take a food and wine. Okay. I'll take them. I'll set, I'll set my chair up. And so what I do to really dig into it is I take, I, I do a life critique mm. of the magazine. Mm. While I you're take on the a beach. photo. I write something mean mm-hmm. or something very funny or something that was mean. close to funny mm-hmm. uh, or, or words of like, this was great mm-hmm. or this is beautiful. Mm-hmm. And that's what you do on the beach. That's what I do on the beach. Now, my wife and I, my wife grew, grew up going to the beach in Maryland all the time. Mm-hmm. And so she loves the beach. She's taught me we we go to the beach. Yep. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good thing to learn. Yeah. She she taught me we go. Yeah. <laughs> to the beach because she is a person who likes the beach and yep. I'm married to her therefore we mm-hmm. go. Yep. And since we've had kids, it's become a lot more fun. Do I boogie mm. board? Of course I do. Mm. Mm-hmm. Am I good at it? Am I good at it, Lori? What do you think? I I think if I'm leaning in. What memory do you think? serves, you are good at it. I'm great at it. I believe it. I, I believe a, in you. I catch a gray wave. Love the boogie board. Ask me what I eat. When at the beach, mm-hmm. what do you eat? I make a bacon, tomato, mayonnaise sandwich. It's about mental and mm-hmm. emotional health. Mm-hmm. How can I take care of myself so that I can enjoy something I don't actually enjoy? Yes. Okay. And so I make the bacon sandwich. Now, let me tell you about this. Mm -hmm. See, and I don't have that. So if I had drugs, Mm -hmm. I would have a path, but I have a bacon path. Okay. I have a bacon jam path. And this bacon jam is pretty good. I think I got it from Bon Appetit Mm. because there's always one recipe in every issue that's good and all the others don't worry about them or get mad about them. But one of those recipes is going to be really good. I made it one year. I have never, I I make it every year now. Mm -hmm. So good. Mm -hmm. It's got some coffee in it. It's got some red hot pepper in it. It's jammy, juicy, chewy bacon, Mm -hmm. but in a good way, not in a bad way. Sure, sure. And sounds great yeah and then you chill that mm-hmm. it's, it's nice if it's warm but it's better chilled the yep. sandwich is going to make it yep. you need two slices of wonder bread mm-hmm. you get a thick slice of jersey tomato okay jers because that's what we do sure well you live in new jersey we live in new jersey you can new jersey tomatoes i know and then you do some mayo now i'll skimp on the mayo because the mayo say, you're not mayor? yeah because you're getting all that moisture from the bacon jam, Yeah, right? you just need a little, slightly different fat in yep. there. Yep. I don't know if it cuts the a flavor. Carriers. Yeah, you need the tang. I do a Miracle Whip. I got to be honest. Oh, I would do a, I would absolute, don't talk to me I about would absolutely, Miracle Whip. I would absolutely take the tang of a Miracle you Whip. You are a monster. That's fine, but I grew up with it, and I, and I like too. the tang. It's I like the tang. So put that together, and then, then you have a beautiful sandwich, and you make four of those. That sounds great. That sounds like a way to make your beach experience positive. And then you don't have to eat the oily Zeppeli or the I, I can choose to. Yeah. I have choices. And that's what the beach really should be about is choice. Not isolation. Mm-hmm. Not being in prison. Yeah. I think the worst thing that you could do at the beach is have to um, 
use the bathroom. Agreed. Because those bathrooms, I don't know. Well, and then you end up with a turd in the lake, if you think Mm -hmm. about it. Well, I hope not. Full circle. Please, nobody, nobody poop in the ocean. Come on. Come on. (laughs) Please. Today. Or any other day, really. Day by day. Well. Today, I will not poop in the ocean. (laughs) Let's just move through today with grace. Lori, we have a great guest this week. Her name is Prithi Mystery. She is fantastic. She has an excellent voice for radio. She is a she is the chef owner of the just closed Navi Kitchen in Oakland and Juhu Beach Club, which they closed down a few months ago. Do not count her out. She no, is, no, she's she working is on working stuff. on revamping and figuring. I don't know what she's doing. Well, she, she and so. I traded some messages yesterday. She's okay. she's working on some things. I think it's Great. it's. Uh, we'll let her tell us when she's ready. She's but good and keep ready. your eye on her. She's great. Listen to it now. Listen to it now. <laughs> it's gonna. It's going to be how we start every segment. Listen to this now. Hi, Lori. Hi. Uh, we, we have a guest. We do. Uh, would you care to introduce yourself? I'm Chef Prithi Mystery from Oakland, California. Welcome. Thank you. And I would know you from. Uh, I have a restaurant. I had a restaurant called Juhu Beach Club, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, which we closed in January. Right. Um, but we have the Juhu Beach Club cookbook. And I still have a restaurant in North Oakland on the border of Emeryville called Nubby Kitchen. And what would I eat there? Indian pizza. Right. Um, Indian-inspired breakfast sandwiches Ooh. with chai spice brown sugar bacon. Break it down. Mm. What's in there? I am all about a breakfast sandwich. So uh, what do we have in there? White. It's melted white cheddar, Great. watercress, but really it's about the fried egg and the chai spice bacon. So we take uh, the spices that we use to make the chai, yeah. which is like cinnamon, clove, black pepper, green cardamom, yeah. and brown sugar, and we toss mm. the bacon in that. That sounds incredible. And then, yeah, we cook the bacon. How are you frying your egg? In a frying pan? Great. <laughs> yeah. Any special techniques? I mean, people get really you know, uppity about their fried egg. I've been thinking about, I'm, I'm like a super like anti, I mean, not anti, but I used to be very like anti sous vide, all of that mm-hmm. stuff. Like mm-hmm. I cook with fire mm-hmm. and it's all intuitive because I'm like a Libra. So it's like a feeling thing. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but I am considering it. Lisa Fetterman gave me a, a, a Nomiku and I, I've been I thinking about it. It's what like the that? home sous vide machine. Okay. Okay. So, well, I mean, we we have a really tiny kitchen at Navi Mm -hmm. Kitchen, so I'm just thinking, like, if we could, right now we just fry the eggs, but Saturday and Sunday brunch is insane, and if we could get the breakfast sandwich, Mm -hmm. like, eggs, Mm -hmm. where you can, like, poach them in the shell and just drop it on the sandwich, Mm -hmm. um, because we have, like, a bunch of other dishes with eggs on Saturday and Sunday, that might ease the operation. So we poach it in the shell, and, and then, then you just break it, it open pan? on oh. the on sandwich. This, okay, so That's it's exciting. cooked enough, but it's is it that poachy sort of very very? I don't know. Yolk? I still haven't like fucked around with it. We didn't talk about swearing. Is swearing okay oh. in, oh, in fuck these yeah. rules? Yeah. Okay, yeah. So I haven't like totally <laughs> fucked around with it yet, but it's on my list. Great. Um, yeah, but cool. I'm in New York, so so you're not not this week. Frying. Are you cooking while you're here or no? I'm not cooking this time. Mm-hmm. I'm eating. Okay. You're here for the Cherry Bomb Conference? I am Is here for right? the Cherry Bomb Jubilee. Jubilee, right. So mm-hmm. Jubilee. what? Uh, tell us about that. I've not been. I know it's been around for a couple of years. What's the deal? 
Um, let's see. I came the first year. It was here mm-hmm. in New York, and it's this is the fourth year, I guess, it's in New York, because that was 2014. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they just did a Cherry Bomb Jubilee for the first time in San Francisco this past fall. Mm-hmm. So Cherry Bomb Magazine's been around for a number of years. Carrie Diamond and Claudia Wu are the founders. It's all about women in food. Mm-hmm. And it's a beautiful, beautiful journal. Um, And the conference, I think, is amazing. It's really, I think one of the things that I like most about it is that it brings women from a lot of different parts of the industry together. There can be Mm -hmm. sort of these, like, I feel like different ceilings. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I mean, I don't cook super fine dining food. Like, I'm not, you know, hanging out with, you know, Michelin starred chefs. I mean, maybe partly by choice. Sure. Um, But... (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, ultimately, I think it, it creates an opportunity. A great example. The first year I came, I didn't know anyone. Mm-hmm. And no one knew who the hell I was. Uh, this was, so I, like I said, four years ago. And I remember coming down from the hotel to, like, breakfast. And I just started walking around. And I was like, oh, fuck, I don't know anyone. And this is, like, mm. really stressful. And long story short, now I look at all of the people that are going to be there. And I'm like, oh, my God, it's like all of these people that I love so much and that I've gotten to know either – through Cherry Bomb or through social media because of Cherry Bomb, et cetera. Uh, so I do feel like it, you know, I feel like, you know, there is this old boys network and mm-hmm. they do help each other out. Yeah. Um, no matter what they say about not having some sort of nefarious plot. Um, <laughs> but I think it does create an opportunity for women to network with each other in a way that doesn't, didn't exist prior. Mm-hmm. I think it's, it bridges a lot of networks between writers and people who are uh, journalists. I mean, and when I say writers, I mean more like cookbook authors and Mm -hmm. things like that. Mm -hmm. Chefs, restaurant owners. And I think also, you know, Carrie's really been working on uh, a financial Mm. side of things, which I think Mm -hmm. is cool because I think that's something that myself, along with a lot of other female chefs talk about, is just like not having the same access to capital that a lot of Mm -hmm. male chefs have. Mm Mm-hmm. So can you tell us about your trajectory? I was reading um, the uh, interview you did with Eater, I think it was last year, maybe two years ago. Yeah. And you talked about your job as a video store clerk, which Mm -hmm. I also, I was a video store clerk in high school and college. (laughs) Pretty much the best job uh, for for a student. So how did you go from video store clerk and filmmaker to chef, restaurateur, cookbook author? Well, I was pretty sure I wanted to be a filmmaker. Like, it's mm-hmm. all I really focused on as a kid. Like, it was, you know, like, late 80s. So I had mm-hmm. a, one of those handy cams. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was, you know, that was, like, the whole thing. And I was, like, really into MTV. So I was mm-hmm. like, I want to be a... I wanted to make music videos. Because, mm-hmm. I don't know, didn't everybody want to do that? Yeah. <laughs> sure. Definitely. A certain amount yeah. of people. Yeah. yeah. And I, I just started cooking. Like, it was literally, like... You know, it was in my early 20s. My wife and I, who was my girlfriend at the time, you know, no one had any money. So we'd do dinner parties and whatnot. And everyone loved coming to our place because they just, you know, whatever. I just would cook stuff. I never learned to cook as a teenager, the youngest of three girls. So I just saw it as like housework. Mm. I was very good at clearing the dishwasher. Okay. That's great. In fact, I used to time myself, which I think actually (laughs) speaks more to the like professional cooking person or chef Uh than like the home cook. The fact that I would literally put on a stop, like a little timer and like clock myself. Wow. Did you ever break anything? I did. I would, yeah, I would break my own records all the time. No, I mean like dishes. (laughs) No, (laughs) no, no. no. I was, I'm careful. 
I had a system. Mm. Mm-hmm. Okay. But yeah, I think like the sort of like breaking it down in a mechanical way of efficiency mm-hmm. kind of speaks I've to heard, the... I've heard a lot of chefs talk about the importance of working in a place like McDonald's where mm. you're, you know, at, at first or mm-hmm. as a kid where you're kind of, you just learn the systems and you learn that it's about repetition and consistency much more so than artistry and, and creative intent. Yeah, I feel like at Juhu... The person, whoever would work our pantry station, which is oftentimes like the, you know, the first station people work, the garde-manger mm-hmm. salads. But ours was a beast because mm. I had so many different sauces and garnishes. Mm-hmm. And the one thing I could never understand is when anyone would work that station other than myself, that they would just put things in random places. Mm. Like that made mm-hmm. no sense to me at all. <laughs> like I'm just, and I would constantly be like, listen, put everything in the same place every day. It becomes yeah. like muscle memory. Like you don't even have to look at mm. which squeezy bottle you're grabbing or or mm-hmm. which tong you're grabbing for the pickled onions versus this this slaw or that slaw. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I could literally do that station when I set it up, like with my eyes closed mm-hmm. um, and probably drunk. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it, it's that sort of like, you know, the boring part of the restaurant world where I just wouldn't understand why you would want to like hunt and peck for things every single day. Right. Right. Like, you know, make your life harder. Yeah. Cause it's like, I mean, you know, everyone, uh, we chefs, like we talk about service being kind of like a dance, right? Mm -hmm. So like when you're when it's a dance, you need to just be able to spin around and Mm -hmm. like grab this and that and throw it back where it's supposed to go. And if everything's just in random places, then that's a pretty clunky dance. Yeah. But as a, as a, someone that was developing your skills as a home cook and as a dinner party host Mm -hmm. did you already sort of have that it sounds like you had that innate sense of how to kind of yeah I organized. I think I yeah I mean just like you know I definitely am not a cook that like starts a recipe before I read the whole thing Mm -hmm. and you know like I I feel like I have cooks I'll start to tell them something and they start walking away and doing I'm like no 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 no. (laughs) (laughs) let me finish telling you (laughs) what you need to do internalize it all and then you know so Mm -hmm. I mean that sort of like mise en place thing I Mm -hmm. think was always kind of in my brain and maybe it was because we always entertained Mm -hmm. um so it was always kind of a performance so how did you make that switch from I really enjoy home cooking and entertaining to I want professional training and this I want this to be my career pretty much everyone was telling me that that's what I needed to do mm-hmm. there's a not a lot of money in film mm-hmm. yeah. I was working at a nonprofit film arts organization called Frameline they do the lesbian and gay film festival which is mm-hmm. like the gay can mm-hmm. um, in San Francisco it's the largest LGBT film festival uh, and it was great but you know all these people were like you need to do this uh, mm-hmm. so basically my wife had been telling me forever and I never listen to anything she says until someone else tells me. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, all of these friends started telling me that I should go to culinary school. And then I was like, you know what, honey, I think I should go to culinary school. And she was like, fuck you. I've been saying that for months. The two of you have been, have been together forever. Yeah. yeah like forever. forever. Yeah. We're like, uh, yeah, we're like almost high school sweethearts. I read some of the work that your wife contributed to. So it's very thoughtful work I don't this isn't an interview about your wife Uh Uh, but it is an interview about the impact your wife has had on you Uh so how do you create inclusive workplaces Mm -hmm. and without getting too much into her work how have you seen her work affect the way you manage your business and your teams yeah so Anne has worked for this company called great place to work um for well she worked there years and years ago when we like lived in San Francisco and moved to London and then she came back to the company uh, like I guess like six years ago Um, I think intentionality 
is the biggest thing. I think that most chefs, restaurateurs, and just business owners, bosses, et cetera, in all industries, they sort of just like don't really think about it. And then a culture creates itself and mm. then they're combating what has been created instead of having intentionality about how the culture is created from the beginning mm. and laying down uh, what are, whether it's ground rules or just the way that things are said in an interview, in an initial orientation when someone's training, uh, in a handbook, employee handbook, mm -hmm. uh, that really lay out what it is that we are trying to do and what we are looking to create. You know, I mean, even before, you know, it, it, we're still small business owners. It took us right. a while to get an employee handbook, mainly because it involves like lawyers and mm. lawyers cost a lot of money. Yeah. And that's not something small restaurant owners want to do is spend money on things um, mm. <laughs> that don't yeah. like directly impact the bottom line. Right. Yeah. But we finally did it last year. And uh, but, you know, even before that, informally, like I would just always in every interview, I'm just like, hey, so, you know, these are the kinds of things we're about. You know, like we don't have uniforms. I don't like chef jackets. I think they look like straight jackets. Mm. And also as a small woman, I have just spent so much of my time working in restaurants that other people own where there's, you know, there's mediums and largest. And, you know, there's this guy next to you who's like a total doofus, but he looks amazing. Mm -hmm. He looks like so cool and he's filling out the jacket and, you know, he looks awesome. And there I am like swimming mm -hmm. in this in this chef jacket and I look like a doofus. It doesn't help me feel like I'm in my power. Yeah. And this guy looks like he's totally, you know, even though this person might not have the, even the, couldn't hold a candle to my skills possibly, they look the part. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so for me, I want everyone to feel like they're in their own personal power. And so they should wear what they feel comfortable wearing. You know, I mean, we have some basic rules. Mm -hmm. You know, I generally, I mean, you know, I'm a t-shirt and jeans person. I mean, I still wear my clogs because I'm just old school. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I've, I have a... I had a cook who used to wear, she was lead line cook, and at one point my chef de cuisine would wear cowboy boots and a red dress huh. and work the saute station on a Saturday night and kill it. And I'm like, if that's what yeah. you feel good in, then more power to yeah. you. Wow. You know, and the same is true for the front of the house. So, you mm -hmm. know, we don't have any like branded t-shirts or anything. You know, some people like to push the boundaries, but generally speaking, I think people should just be themselves. So I think by setting people up with being told that it's not just a policy, it's there's a meaning behind it. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. And that meaning is that we want everyone to bring their like best self forward. Mm -hmm. uh, that those sorts of things create an environment where people feel supported. Love it. Thank you. Have you ever, uh, have you ever made somebody change just based on safety? Like for instance, open-toed shoes or too much exposed skin um in terms of safety yes i suppose mm. you know i'm i tend to be somewhat laissez-faire about those mm. things i mm. used to joke around with the front of the house i'm like okay so hot <laughs> pants are really big and you know we're just gonna refer to this as sex positive feminism <laughs> um, <Right. laughs> it's all good I think, yeah, I mean, safety-wise, yeah, open-toe shoes, some things like that. Like, I think they're probably in our handbook of, mm -hmm. in terms of uh, safety. I mean, I know, like, for a while I was trying to just, like, be cool and wear my chucks. And then mm. I was, like, straining the chai one day and, like, poured a bunch on my shoe. And then yeah. I was like, yeah, I'm going back to the dance goes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah I got to protect the feet from yeah. the hot stuff. I was sent home from cooking school one day because I uh, forgot to bring my, <clears throat> excuse me, my clogs and uh, was in the kitchen with, uh, I, I don't even want to say it. Oh, I guess they're cool now, but... Birkenstocks 
So just like open-toed uh, sandals in the kitchen. Oh. And you were like, you go home. Yeah, that feels right. But were you yeah. wearing socks? No, no, no. Uh, I've got a lot of problems. Uh, who, you've got a lot of problems with me? Yeah. I mean, duh. With the well, Birkenstocks? Just yeah. With the Birkenstocks. With the Birkenstocks. Yeah, particular. no, it's not, it's not great. I'm but worried about your toes they've at come, that point. Yeah, they've I'm come back I'm also worried about fashion. Food. Yeah. It's, it was it was bad. I didn't do it again. I right. definitely forgot. Right, I definitely remembered my what shoes. What were you thinking, though? I mean, honestly, I'm just well, kind of curious because I'm just thinking, like, you know, fashion aside. Yeah. Sure. You're around hot things. You're around sharp yeah. things. It was. It was. Uh, it was like the clogs didn't make it into my bag, and mm. so I was wearing yeah, the Birkenstocks yeah, yeah. to get from home to school. I and could totally then, uh, see that. And then was like, oh, I this is all I have. don't have my shoes. Yeah. I'm just gonna slip in and see what happens and that, that uh, you know i felt like most of co- school at that point was just making sure you had your hat and your terrible chef coat and your awful check pants and your shoes and right so yeah anyway learn my lesson i mean at least you learned it that way instead of like having a knife fall on your foot right. or something <laughs> right. like yeah. that do you still have all your toes i do yeah Great. today i mean well, you know sure for now you know life is we'll see unpredictable <laughs> For now, yes. Can we jump right into talking about the New York Times and the Thomas Keller? Oh wow! Uh, yeah, the we're Thomas Keller about that? piece. Yeah. If you want to, if you don't, we can. I'm leaning in. He's going to lean in. Did you so, hear he's opening a Mexican restaurant? Great. Thomas Keller is. That's yeah. great. Yeah. Well, okay. That's what before we, we need. Before <laughs> we judge, uh, does he have? Uh, is he like promoting uh, Mexican staff? Is I have he, no idea. Okay, so I have no idea. It's possible that he's not. It could just be there like was a bunch of white guys. I'm so from, mad at uh, you right now. <laughs> what I'm trying to be so mad fair. At you. Why? I'm trying to be fair. Um, <laughs> there is there are very few things that I ask of you. One of them one is, is to be to be totally impartial Keller. and a bitch. Um, <laughs> <laughs> those are that's two things that makes two of us. I mean, I, I I hadn't heard that, but so just to sort of just in case people haven't been following it as closely as we have, uh, you know, all of the the inside baseball mm. stuff around food media, there was a story. It was a profile of Thomas Keller in the New York Times um, that was cozy. I think it was almost a year ago. Was it? Yeah, yeah. it's been that long. Wow. Yeah. Yep. And uh, and it was a, it was a cozy profile. I forget. Was it sort of a? It was like a a comeback from them having a bad per se or a per se review. Or how would we characterize the? I think it was purpose. turning sixty. Okay, sixty one. Put that microphone maybe, right in front like of your face. Okay. Thank you. I'm sorry. Uh, I need to hear every word on this. I just I I talk with my hands. Yeah, yeah I get it. Yeah, I get it. Yeah. But I want to hear every. If you word. guys had a stand, I'll mm. get you a stand next time. Mm. Okay. You'll have a stand next time. We get better every time. Yeah. We do. Uh, so you Every were time. quoted in the piece um, <laughs> with some critical Very comments about. Well, can you can you say what what happened? I mean, I guess uh, you know I I don't hold anything against Kim. By the way, Kim mm-hmm. Severson, the author. I know some people feel differently. Yeah, I do. You know, I well, I said what I said. Mm-hmm. I do think some things were slightly taken out of context. Mm-hmm. I I assumed my. In t- I what I thought was that we were she was interviewing a lot of different chefs to get like a number of different a multitude of takes mm-hmm. on the state of fine dining. Mm-hmm. Turned out it was just me. Right. <laughs> really? You know, I mean, most of the things that I said were more about the state of fine dining and not necessarily mm-hmm. about Thomas Keller in particular. So mm-hmm. I think that the way it was sort of the way it sort of catapulted out of the piece and into this other beast as if I attacked him, which I didn't 
mm-hmm. really at all. I was merely pointing. And then I also there was a lot about diver- a lot of people, you know, this it seemed like the you know, the ball that started rolling down the hill was bigger than the story itself. Right. And a lot of it seemed to be about diversity in the restaurant industry when really I was talking about the customers mm-hmm. and the fact that, you know, fine dining at that level is haute couture. You know, you sort mm-hmm. of like, you know, every single person who's watched a, you know, fashion runway and goes, who the fuck actually wears this stuff mm-hmm. and can mm-hmm. afford this stuff? I mean, how can you not say that isn't true for this, for fine dining on that level where it's really just the 1% that can afford to eat these meals mm-hmm. and or actually want mm. to sit there for three hours and eat like tiny little bits of food, you know, that are like overly manipulated for some other higher intellectual purpose. Some people do it well and that's great. It mm. is still haute couture. Yeah. It's not regular food for regular people and it, it's not, you know what I find inspiring Mm -hmm. in terms of food. You know, the way that it kind of got played out was that I was saying that there isn't a lot of diversity in the restaurant industry, which also could be true. I'm not going to shy away from that. I mean, Mm -hmm. you know, and a lot of people wanted to say that, you know, it's such a diverse industry. And I'm sort of like, yeah, so you have a Mexican dishwasher. Like, Mm -hmm. that doesn't change who's at the top. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because we all know who is at the top are still mostly cisgendered, straight white men. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's not... You know, <laughs> it's not really it's not something you can refute. Uh, and the same thing could be, say, for food writing, you know? I mean, it, it is dominated by women, but mm-hmm. once you get to the upper echelons, it becomes all men. Agreed. Um, and, you know, critics. I don't have anything against Thomas Keller. Mm-hmm. I let him use my parking spot once. <laughs> wow. That's wow. very generous, wow. you know? That we're going to lead with. I did. I, I used to live next door to his photographer's uh, studio. I lived in okay. a loft in Soma and... Uh, I hope that Deb Jones is still friends with me. Um, (laughs) I've been meaning to text her and just be like, hey, we good? (laughs) (laughs) You mad? (laughs) But yeah, I mean, I I don't have anything against him. It's just that I I find the state of fine dining, this sort of navel gazing BS. Mm -hmm. um, And it's it's just not, I I just don't think that's where this industry is headed. I think Mm -hmm. that there's so much more interesting food out there. Yeah. Um, from so many different people. I think that if more women, people of color, had access to the same level of funding, media exposure, et cetera, that the amount of cis white men do, I think you know we would all be richer for it mm-hmm. in this industry. Yeah, that's all. Yeah. That's all I was trying to say. <laughs> but yeah, it took kind of a strange turn. Yeah, so that, I mean, there were some, I guess, some unexpected fallout for you after that. Or was there? I mean, I was kind of pissed, but I said what I said. Yeah. You know, I was actually, I was more surprised. It was like, seriously? Like, what the fuck do you care? Mm. Like, and nobody asked you. you, Who are you talking to? Like the Twitter commenters? Yeah, yeah. It's sort of like, I found it amazing how many people needed to sort of refute what I was saying. Mm -hmm. Um, The old actually. it, it, It seemed... Like this very defensive, like, mm-hmm. it just came from a very defensive place. Instead of, like, seeking to be like, hmm, this person is very different than me. This is their experience. Maybe I want to lean into that and try to understand more deeply what they're saying. It was just this immediate defensiveness of a particular echelon of the industry. Mm-hmm. So to me, it was just like, wow. this It just felt disproportionate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The reaction. It, may I? Yeah. It, it felt like you were being... Sh- like they were trying to shout you down. 
And in a way, Thomas Keller doesn't need anyone to defend him. He's, it's not that he's untouchable, but to have you come in and even, and I think you, I think Kim used you inappropriately in that piece. I think the way they, the flow was janky as hell in that. I hope that's okay to say. I don't think janky is a bad word. Is it? Okay. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I would like to apologize to all the Jenkins out there for, for using that. It was janky as hell. It was, it was structurally so weird and the way your quotes in particular were used, it was so oppositional and contextually incorrect. So there was no flow to it. It felt like it had been edited to bits, not for a whole piece. So problems there. Then the response was this shouting down anyone who dare criticize our Lord God, Thomas (laughs) Keller. There was a significant amount of ass-kissing, dick-sucking going on from lower levels of white men going, my dad is great and you can't touch him. It was just so weird to see the anger coming at you. And it was, you're not talking about it, which you don't have to, but I will talk about it as an observer of it. It was frightening the amount of anger that was directed at you. I was worried for you. Really? You're worried they were going to come get me? <laughs> In some ways, yeah. In some ways... I mean, I'm a little bit like, more worried about, like, you know, 45 and his team coming to get me then. Okay, fair. <laughs> then TK. All right. But, you know... Not, not, um, not the lynch mob, but a level of shunning that was happening they were circling the wagons they were saying you are not one of us you don't belong no I'm not I'm not one of them and that's the I mean I think that that's the part that is interesting because uh there were some people certain women and women of color uh who also had to make their negative comments Mm -hmm. about what I said and defend you know TK and it's like Okay, you do realize that no matter how much you suck his dick, like he doesn't give a shit about you. Right. You're- like he really does. Like, like I think that the thing that so many people in this industry are afraid of is that somehow if they say anything negative about these people that are on this, like, you know, that have been exalted, that they're going to lose their chance. And the mm-hmm. fact of the matter is, like, here's a really simple thing. You're never going to have a chance at their game. Mm-hmm. They're never going to let you. Mm-hmm. So why bother? You know, I mean, I think that that's one thing that so many people who come off as, you know, I'm not going to name any names, but rebels in this industry, they still really give a shit what, you know, Thomas Keller or Daniel Balud or, you know, certain people like that think of them. And I really don't give a fuck because that's not why I'm here. Mm. Like, I'm not here for James Beard Awards and Michelin stars. Like, I'm here because I like cooking, brings people together. I think I'm good at it. It, you know, it builds community. Uh, it's my profession, and I'm going to cook. Do you think now in the wake of some of the revelations around some of these high-profile chefs, do you think that's changing at all? Do you think people are starting to be a little bit less scared as their idols start to fall? I don't know. I mean, everyone still seems kind of scared. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, so many people especially a lot of women in the upper echelons I see are just very, very careful. Yeah. You know, they're sort of condemning the situation, but not directly the men. 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I think I would hope that there's an opportunity for people to start, you know, one of the things that I was tweeting about Batali was like, okay, investors, like maybe you want to consider women, like we might be a safer bet because I think mm-hmm. one of the things that investors are always like, okay, the guys are a safe bet, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. they've shown financially that, you know, men, yeah, do. the return on investment right. is significant. Yeah, the ROI. Better yeah. chance, it, better chance, my dollars will come back. Right, it's a safe bet. It's sort of yeah. I mean, it's the same thing as like I, you know, when I first started Juhu, we started as a pop up. One of the reasons I started as a pop up, I mean, I knew some like rich guys that I, you know, I pitched them the idea, mm-hmm. and they thought it was fantastic. But the fact of the matter is, like, doing something that no one's ever done. Mm-hmm. is not a very sound investment. Like if I yeah. had said like, I want to do wood-fired pizza and seasonal salads and a fucking delicious sounds, burger with five brilliant. different yeah. grinds of beef, <laughs> they'd yeah. be like, fuck yeah. Yeah. But I wanted to do something that no one had ever done before. And they're like, this sounds amazing, but that's not a, a sound investment. Mm. I don't know what the ROI is on that because no one's ever done it. Right. And so I think that in that same way, like men seem safe cis white men seem safe right yeah uh you know it's a safe investment but uh, you know maybe i would think with all of the allegations going on and sort of uncovering what everyone in this industry freaking knows Mm -hmm. that maybe they would consider giving more women a chance but you know probably not they'll just like try to find the nice guy in quotes Mm, yeah (laughs) well that's depressing (laughs) <laughs> I mean everything is ultimately yeah, yeah. do you yeah, have true. people it's coming, 2018 <laughs> without getting into your finances yeah do you have people becoming interested in no. you no I think they're all oh, scared Jesus mm. <laughs> scared of what me what's scary about you nothing right right nothing. I'm like actually a really nice person I don't know about that <laughs> <laughs> no I am you look you look awesome like thank you, the even package, with the glasses i'm gonna as, as i actually just wanted glasses, to fit in yeah, yeah. we all yeah, have yeah, our yeah. glasses yeah. On. no we, i just have a sty in my eye there's there's a packaging of you that seems to be happening but maybe it's just my perception of you do you have someone working with you on here's how to show up here's how to present here's how to sell no one yourself? i don't have a pr person i don't have a personal assistant i don't have a publicist whatever like i it's just me like you're looking at it you're killing it. Why, thank you. We've got a few minutes left. Is that Shall it? we play a game? This has flown yeah. by. I know. Shall we play a game? We're going to wrap up with a game. You ready? This is the game. This is the this game. This is the game. The game is. It, it's called Lots of Likes. <laughs> Just all the I'm things. I'm all about it. All the things that you like. We talked about some things we don't like. Mm. Today, now, for this part of the interview. Yeah. It's only things that you like. You don't win a goddamn thing. We already gave you a Fit Crunch, and we gave you uh, Sweetheart Jelly Beans. That's enough. Mm -hmm. And Skittles and Sour Patch Kids. So don't look for a prize. The game is you just name lots of things that you like. Mm. We're going to run out of time, so I think you can beat the clock. But normally the only way to win is by amazing us at by being otherworldly and not to compare Helen Rosner blew us away. I mean, she's somewhat unbelievable. Right, mm-hmm. right. So for other people uh-huh. without... People who don't write for a living. Thank you. The way you win is by either beating the clock or by telling me to fuck off. Okay. And, and so you can end the game in right now and say, fuck off. But we'd like to... That's we so like dumb. To play. <laughs> That's we'd so like tempting. To play. We'd like to play. 
Let's play. All right. I can still say fuck off, right? Yeah. Oh, by all means. Something I used to say to Charlie Hallowell quite often. Mm. Just oh, so you know. I wish more people had yeah. said it, Charlie. Yeah. Go fuck yourself, Charlie. Yeah. And like just look straight in the eye people. with a big smile and say fuck off. Stop intimidating people and trying to get your restaurant <laughs> back and stop threatening people and leaving weird messages for them, Charlie. You're an awful, awful person. I'm on record. Go fuck yourself. Go fuck off. Go fuck off. If you don't know Charlie, he's a garbage person in San Francisco <laughs> who used to own restaurants and he sexually harassed and assaulted people. Go fuck yourself, Charlie. Fuck off. I'm never going to be able to go back to Oakland. No, you're fine. Can you put the mic closer to your mouth? Go fuck yourself, Charlie. Is this your like covert way of getting me to move to New York? Yeah, we want you here. We want you here. All right, let's play a game. What do you like? Oh, I have to do really? a... I really? Do Is a, that really the question, what do I like? You're not going to give me any specifics? I do cheerleading voice, and I go, what do you like? That's it. Go. <laughs> what do you like? Seriously. Seriously. I like pizza. What kind? All kinds. Okay, does it need to be a round circle with a little bit of sauce, a little bit of cheese? Saucy, cheesy, spicy. Okay. All right. Tell me about the spice. Uh, last night, we had this Polly G's pizza. Oh, with Polly hot G's. honey. Hooray, hooray. Yeah. Yeah. Hot honey. Hot Done. honey. Great. That was that was amazing. I I do put Tabasco. Tabasco. I love Tabasco. Okay. What else do you like? Uh, what else do I like? Salt and vinegar chips. What else do you like? Oh wait, Are, kettle or thin? Thin. Thin. Like thin. a Lay's. Well, the kettle to me, you know, they they're too. They get all scrunched up and, yeah. Hmm. I like a a proper right. equilibrium. Okay. All right. Understood. What else do you like? Balance. What else do you like? <laughs> Stop avoiding the question. What else do you like? What else do I like? Why is this so hard? I know it's hard, isn't it? You guys didn't give me a chance to like no. prepare no. for this right in advance. No. We played it ourselves, just the two of us last Dumplings? week. And I think we got, we each had one answer. Well, really one answer? We had, we had, we had two people. and I edited. We oh, had more than okay. that. But yeah. It's strange. The only things I can think of are food. That's fine. <laughs> um, dumplings. dumplings, what kind? Pretty much all of them. I mean, the pork bun is pretty mm. high up do there. Do you make your own? No. Oh, I do make momos. What are momos? It's like a Nepalese dumpling. I it's don't basically know. like Chinese technique, Indian flavor. Thus, you know, Nepalese. I'm into Sort it. of in that Nepal. That sounds you know, really in, good. Yeah. Yeah, I had some cooks in Hong Kong that were all Nepalese. Uh, I We had a Juhu Beach Club in Hong Kong for mm-hmm. like six months. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and they uh, these lovely Nepalese cooks made these momos. That sounds so good. I'm sure they exist here. In my wow. neighborhood. I live in Jackson Heights, Queens. Yes. It is Momo Ground Zero. Momo Ground Zero. It's the best. Mo- is there a place I should go in particular? Trucks, I would say. Uh, there's some, some great, um, you know, storefront places. Totally blanking on the names right now. But um, there's there's a truck on 73rd Place. And there's a truck on Roosevelt and 74th. Mm. And I think those two have the best. And I, I yeah. Off mic, I'm sure all the names will come back. Right, to me, they'll but, come. But, but like for me, I think of, of like Jackson Heights. Like I've only been a couple times, but to me, it's like closer to the motherland. I honestly, mm-hmm. I gotta like tell if you, you s- tell an Indian person, like like if I told my parents, like I I have a new Indian friend and they're from Jackson Heights, it would be like oh okay, like somehow they're more Indian. <laughs> now I would take you if you came to Jersey to Edison. I, Edison, Edison is f- so good. It's so good. Hey, I like Edison. Ah. She nice. likes it. You know why? Nice. What do you like about because, Well, because there's a lot of things that I like there. Mainly chaat. Mm. So like every Indian like snacky. I mean, that's one of the reasons I started Juhu Beach Club was because I like, you know, not in curry is great. Don't get me wrong. Like I freaking love some 
chicken tikka masala and naan. Who doesn't? Right. Guess what? Mexican people like Taco Bell too. <laughs> um, but the chat in Edison, New Jersey. So like all of the like snacky, yes. deep fried, like yummy, covered in all the different chutneys, all of that like street food stuff. Like I remember as a kid going to Edison, New Jersey, and I remember two things. Mm. One, I remember being a small child and going into a store with my mom and like halfway through realizing that no one was speaking English. Mm. Wow. Um, and you know, I was lived in Ohio, so it was like, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I understood Gujarati, so at first it didn't phase me, and then like halfway through I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> 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 no one is speaking English in here, and that was kind of awesome for me. Uh, to have that revelation and then two, just all of the you know panipuri you know what panipuri is i don't it's like these little semolina puffs that we fill with like uh chickpeas and yes, potatoes yes, yes, and, yes. and then there's basically puri is like the little puff and pani literally means water hmm. Hmm. um and so the pani the water is normally spiced with like tamarind mint chili etc um, and you pour the water in and pop it in your mouth that sounds so good and it's i mean that's just like not something your mom ever makes Okay. Mm-hmm. At home. I do like Indian pizza. Yeah. I do like Indian pizza a lot. Now, does it have to be round with sauce and a little bit of cheese? It doesn't have to be anything okay. in particular. I just think like, I mean, a lot of the food that I make is sort of bizarrely like American, but with Indian flavors. And I, I don't know if that's just like, I mean, I guess I could say I like everything to be Indianified mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. in a way. And I feel like it works. I just, you know, I, I grew up, by the way, hating Indian food. And just wanting to eat everything that was not Indian food. And then as an adult, I just find like there's just this way in which everything pretty much tastes better with Indian flavors. Hmm. I think you won. You won the game. Did I? Beautiful. Yeah. Can beautiful. I tell you to fuck off now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. Shall we say goodbye? I think we should say goodbye. Thank you so and thank much. Thank you. And thank you. I'm so I glad do I this for another hour if we could. Yeah. I'm yeah. so glad I got to meet you in person. <laughs> like, yeah, Me too. <laughs> I mean, I'm kind of hungry. Yeah, well, we got. Yeah, you can go but get there's lunch. More, we you got, got protein power bars. bars. We got sugar. Fit crunch. <laughs> but <laughs> thank we you. Work both? out. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Bye. Bye. Well, that's it for another episode of Carb Face. Thanks so much for joining us. Come back next week. We're gonna Please have somebody do. great. We're gonna mm-hmm. talk about really funny things. Mm-hmm. Uh, I probably won't yell as much next week. Uh, I won't get as mad. You got crazy. (laughs) (laughs) I had forgotten about that. That shit got real. You all right? I was like, you're Nanette. Just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) It Uh, was. Yes, that was my Nanette. mm -hmm. Please subscribe. You know, can I just make a little shameless plea right now? Yeah, do it. A lot of people have been very nice to me in the last month or so as we've gone through some hard times, losing our executive producer, boss, friend, mentor, and protector, Anthony Bourdain. A lot of people have reached out and said, just anything I can do. Everyone who reached out to me, and I, I have all your emails, I have all your texts, subscribe to Carb Face. <laughs> that is something you can yeah. do for me. Yeah. It doesn't involve putting together furniture or lending me money or giving me a job or... Subscribe. Yeah. Subscribe to Carb Face. It's free. Another thing you can do is just tell a friend. Tell your friends. If you have friends. I don't have any, so I can't tell them. But if I did, I'd go, hey, this is a raunchy, filthy podcast that you might enjoy. We're getting a lot of that lately that yeah. we're that we're raunchy and filthy. Do you think that's accurate? Kind of. 
yeah. I mean, it's gone. It's gone to a dick place quite a number of times, and often a butt place. If you would like to send us something, uh, Lori, we got hot sauce from Zatarans. Thank you, Zatarans. Thank you, Zatarans, and thank you, KCM Hill on Twitter. That was very, very nice of you to send us these beautiful bottles of Zatarans. And Lori, we have a P.O. box. If anybody else would like to send us something, you mm-hmm. certainly can. I was told by the post office yesterday I have a package waiting. I cannot wait to see what that is. If you would like to send us something, you can send us a delivery of candy, of hot sauce, of anything. No dogs. No, no nothing live animals. Nothing live. You can send chicks in the mail, but please don't. Yeah, Did I don't. I, I love that. I've ordered chickens yeah, through the mail. The, I don't want any. <laughs> Uh, especially since they'll be delivered to Rockefeller Center in New York City. Please don't send us live chickens. But if you would like to send us something, you can reach us at Carbface, P.O. Box 595, New York, New York, 10185. Carbface, P.O. Box 595, New York, New York, 10185. Subscribe, tell a friend, Follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Lori runs both those accounts. She's doing God's work. The handle is CarbFacePod, P-O-D, as in podcast. Just Follow, like it she's doing God's work. Unhinged, as always. Mm-hmm. I'll um, see you next week. Bye. Bye.